Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode 21 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called I'll Wed You in the Golden Summertime. And as usual, what a setup for a finale. They they really know how to do it. But there's, there's some funny stuff in here. I love a TV wedding. This is a great episode, and it gives us quite a cliffhanger going into the finale. And we'll talk about that. It feels very much a situation of like, it's a big enough that it's like, there's no way they're fixing this all in one episode. I mean, this is a hugely iconic moment in The Vampire Diaries overall. So I am just relieved beyond reason. This was a spoiler you haven't seen. Yeah, it's actually impressive that there's stuff that I haven't seen, but I hadn't seen even a like a glimpse of their wedding at all. Like I've seen glimpses of some other weddings. Of course. I won't say who, but I've not seen a bit of this. Yeah, so thank God you got to experience this as God intended. Honestly, there was a way, for those listening, we watch it with subtitles. And when the subtitles in this episode played, it like cuts off Joe's sentence and puts slice before you know what's happening. So I was trying to figure out a way to get you to turn off the subtitles for this episode without being suspicious, but there wasn't really a way to do it. I didn't really notice it, honestly. I was... I was zeroed in, so I was good. Much to unpack this week, but before we get into it, here's a quick ad. I will start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. It's Alaric and Joe's wedding day, and Elena and Bonnie do their best to help a stressed-out Joe with the last-minute preparations. After uncovering some life-changing news that Damon has been keeping from him, Stefan takes his brother on a road trip to give him some perspective on his future with Elena. Elsewhere, when Caroline returns to Mystic Falls after dealing with the fallout of her humanity-free rampage, she begins making amends with her friends and comes to a realization about her and Stefan's prospects of being together. Finally, when Bonnie begins having vivid nightmares that Lily is coming after her, she enlists Matt's help in taking Lily down. Well, good, good thing she picked the most useful helper out there. I mean, if you really look at it, though, who would have been better? Who would actually have been available? And so... If they would just fall in love. But Enzo doesn't want to take Lily down. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's his mommy girlfriend. Yeah, that's that's his mom wife. (laughs) We open the episode at Whitmore. Bonnie is in the dorm room, tossing and turning. She wakes up, or so we think, and sees a woman and says, Elena, but the woman disappears. Also, it's not Elena. (laughs) Bonnie gets up and goes to the fire, and Lily appears behind her. Bonnie grabs like a fireplace poker to hold out to defend herself. And Lily says, hello again, Bonnie. And Bonnie says, Lily, I thought Stefan locked you in the cellar. And Lily says, he did, but prisons are easily escaped. You of all people should know that. And it's like, how the fuck did she get out of here? I know. It's a great question at the start. Like, she famously didn't escape a prison world until her son saved her, so. (laughs) Bonnie says, what do you want? And Lily says, must I constantly repeat myself? It is pretty fucking obvious what I want. (laughs) She says, if you don't know what I want by now. And Bonnie says, you want your creepy witch vampire family back? I get it. Okay, well, at the risk of repeating myself, not going to happen. Bonnie's like, I don't want to repeat myself either, bitch. Like, we're not going to have the same conversation. Bonnie says, there's no way. And Lily says, oh, isn't there? What's the term you witches are so fond of? Loophole? And they sure are. Bonnie says, well, even if there is a loophole, I wouldn't help you find it. (laughs) And Lily says, yeah, you've made your position quite clear. Apparently, I failed to do the same because you seem to think I'm here for your help. I'm not. Splashes her veins. 
Bonnie says Fismatos Incendio, which often does a fire thing, but nothing happens. So that's suspicious. Yeah. Lily says, those are lovely words, Bonnie. Here's another one. Die. <laughs> kind of got her. <laughs> yeah, kind of ate that line up. I have to give it to her there. <laughs> Lily runs to Bonnie, but Bonnie stabs her with the fireplace poker and runs away. Which is crazy. Watching this, I'm like, why would Lily not like avoid the fireplace poker? But it's because it's Bonnie's stream. Yeah. Bonnie runs in the hallway where then she runs into kai looking so unbelievably hot and sexy in his black trench coat mm-hmm. but that's not her reaction yeah she, <laughs> she's scared <laughs> kai says wow you are not good at running she says modus which you know usually like pushes someone away but nothing happens and kai says oh no magic that's my fault i was spooning you earlier i think i might have sleep siphoned you but keep trying it's adorable like you're having a little seizure or something And she says, how are you? And he says, did you think you could keep screwing people over and there wouldn't be any consequences? And Lily reappears and says, now, where were we? And she runs to Bonnie. Bonnie wakes up. So this was all a dream. We don't know if it was a dream spurred by Kai or if it was just like a dream spurred by Bonnie's subconscious. I think it was a combo. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. This seems like something Kai would do. Yeah. Just to be funny. It's a little unclear how he can do it from the prison world, or maybe he's not even in the prison world. Maybe he's already out. Oh, yeah. I'm under the impression that by the time this episode has started, they're all out. Okay. I think that's a fair assumption. Even though this beginning part was not real, I was like, oh, Kai's already out. Yeah. Like, they're all already out. Elena says, okay, come on, let's go. We don't have time to sleep in. We have to get Joe. And Bonnie says, oh, my God, get Joe. Is everything okay? Elena says, yeah, I hope so, considering she's walking down the aisle in T minus 10 hours. Come on, wedding bells await. Way too much time before the wedding for something to not go wrong. It needed to be like four hours. I know. You couldn't give that much room. Yeah. We go over to the Salvatore house, which is where Joe has decided to get ready. I don't know why she's not doing it at the venue. At first I thought it was the venue, but I'm pretty sure it's the Salvatore house. Because they make reference later to being like right above Lily. Maybe the burn is near the Salvatore house. Maybe. It's unclear where this burn is that they chose. Yeah, they just popped a burn up real quick. They said, all we know is we want a burn. They said, look, it's 2015. Do we need to tell you guys the theme? Yeah, we said burn, mason jars. But we're switching it up. No gingham, it's all tool. And we're going to use just a, an offensive amount of it, actually. When you think, I think this might be too much tool, double it. We want you to walk in and say, there's tool in here. Yeah, we want your first thought to be, oh, tool. They were not afraid to spend money on tool. <laughs> Hobby Lobby is shaking. (laughs) They're playing the song L-O-V-E, but in French. Mm -hmm. Romance. Joe comes in and says, crap, they're not here. And Elena says, what's wrong? And Joe says, my shoes. My gorgeous, ridiculously expensive, only wear them once and then never again shoes are missing. Bonnie says, do you want me to do a locator spell? Like, what what do you want me to fucking do about your shoes? Bonnie's like, "Uh, uh, I don't know how to help with this. Like, how'd you lose shoes? Isn't that like one of the two things you need today? Yeah. Joe says, oh, is it possible for you to do a locator spell on shoes? And Bonnie says, I don't know. First, I have to figure out how to work this stupid thing. It's a steamer. Um, She breaks it or it does something to it. And Joe says, oh, good, break it, because my wrinkled dress will surely distract everyone from my bare feet. It's so funny. I mean, Joe does has a little bit of bridezilla tendencies. Yeah. And it's like, girly, if you wanted someone who knows how to use a steamer, maybe make an age-appropriate friend. All the love in the world. And maybe hire a wedding planner that doesn't work by herself. Like, Yeah, hire a wedding planner who has a team. Hire a makeup artist. Hire a bridesmaid that is age-appropriate if you can't find one. Yeah. All the love in the world. 
Make your sister a bridesmaid. I bet she can figure out a steamer. Yeah, that's what's also funny is like she did make reference weeks ago to like, oh, I wish Liv would be my maid of honor. And Liv full shows up, but is not a bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah, because she has one bridesmaid and it's the girl who she oversees at the hospital. Super weird. Yeah, super weird. Super sad, actually. A lot of odd choices in this wedding overall, and I'll make fun of every single one. Yeah, it is funny because at the beginning of this episode, you're like, I can't wait to make fun of Joe and Alaric's wedding. And I was like, oh, she doesn't even know Joe's going to get stabbed. I can still make fun of it. She's going to be fine. We'll talk about that at the end, I suppose. Yeah. Elena says, come on, don't waste your panic now. We've got eight hours till the ceremony. So two hours have passed between these first two scenes. Yeah. Elena offers a champagne glass of orange juice and says, non-alcoholic mimosa. She's so real for this. Yeah. She said, I'm going to make this day cute and fun. I mean, one thing about Elena is she will make something fun, especially now she's like on top of the world, human Elena. Oh, yeah. Literally, she became a human and I started standing again. Yeah. She was right, I fear. Yeah, she was right to take that cure. She kind of was supposed to be a human, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Joe says, first of all, a non-alcoholic mimosa is just orange juice. And I can't drink, but somebody should drink. So you should drink. And Elena says, I will drink eventually, but I have human tolerance now, which is cheaper, but less fun. Cheers. And they cheers their champagne glasses of orange juice. Elena's like, I know non-alcoholic mimosa is just orange juice. I called it a non-alcoholic mimosa so it sounded more fun. So that you would calm your ass down. Yeah, I did. if I said orange juice, you would have been, oh, I wish there was champagne. I beat you to it. Yeah, alcoholic. <laughs> Joe's phone rings and Elena goes to get it. She says, Joe's phone. And he says, oh, um, okay. So Joe picks up on it and says like, um, that's a, there's a problem, okay? Like, what's the matter? And Elena says to the phone, she's like, oh, I'll call you back. Bye. And then she turns to Joe and says, so Danielle's got the flu. And we don't know Danielle. So at first it's like, okay. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to do about that? Is Danielle her age appropriate friend? (laughs) Yes, Danielle her maid of honor. That was my first thought. Yeah. But no, uh, Joe says, oh, it sounded like you just said Danielle has the flu, which is impossible because Danielle is my wedding coordinator. And so she has no assistance in case she gets the flu. She has no assistance. And even... If you get sick, you're a wedding coordinator. You don't have a list of things to do, like built up. You don't have the run of show written out. I just think this girl doesn't have the flu. And she just said, I'm not prepared. I'm not going in. It's going to be embarrassing. I think you got scammed and taken advantage of. I don't think this girl was really a wedding coordinator. I think she looked at you guys and said, two alcoholics. Uh, Yeah, sure. I can plan a wedding. Uh, I'll be sick. <laughs> I think you got taken for a little bit of a ride by this girl. Yeah. Joe says, well, how sick is she? Can she still work? (laughs) The doctor wants the sick people to work. Interesting. Interesting. The doctor wants the sick person at her wedding. Okay. Elena says, well, it depends on how much vomit you want to have at the wedding. Vomit's going to be the least of y'all's worries. Yeah, you're going to be like, you know what? Actually, maybe the vomit would have helped because at least she would have blocked the door with her vomit. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline enters. She's wearing a white shirt. She's so iconic for this. She's wearing a white shirt and a pink cardigan. She's in the color scheme. Yeah. She said, and look, it's just a shirt. It's not a dress. So I'm allowed to wear white right now. And I'm not wearing it to the wedding. Yeah. She says, you know, to be honest, this is a good thing. Because no matter how good Danielle was, I'm pretty sure I'm better. I bet because Danielle didn't seem to get a lot done before today. Yeah, it seems like you kind of did everything. So, you know, I think you do better than most wedding coordinators. But Danielle seems like kind of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Not to shit on Danielle too much, but I mean. No, I'll shit on Danielle. <laughs> She's not on screen. She's not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Elena hugs Caroline, says, I missed you. And Caroline says, yeah, I missed me too. Thank you for getting me back. 
Bonnie says hi because Caroline and Bonnie haven't hung out since Bonnie's been back with Caroline's humanity on. Yeah. So they hug. Caroline says, okay, we got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. Elena, have a drink. You're not going to pass out. Bonnie, the switch on the steamer is on the left-hand side on the back. And Joe, I can see your shoes under the couch. Now who's dealing with the boys? These people. She's like, what exactly were you guys doing for two hours? <laughs> you were just standing here looking at each other. She's like, you guys didn't even get drunk. What, what was the point of this? <laughs> None of you have started your makeup. <laughs> we go over to Rick's apartment to check on the boys. Matt says, okay, we got suits. Tyler says, I got the rings. Rick says, I got the vows. Tyler says, what do we do now? And they pour each other shots of bourbon. It's like, okay. It really is a lurk and like the C team of boys. It's like, where are Stefan and Damon? I know. Those are the people he likes. She says, what's up with the boys? We go to Matt. And I'm like, Matt? What's funny about this is like, it's not like Alaric isn't close to Tyler and Matt. Mm -hmm. But it kind of would only make sense to make them Goomsmen if he had to like round out the numbers because Joe had other bridesmaids. Yeah. Joe has one bridesmaid. You don't need to put these two in your wedding party. Well, it seems like they're not even Goomsmen because like they don't stand up there, but they are partying. And, you know, this is my dumbassery. I was like, this is a great opportunity for Jeremy to come back. Dare to dream. It would have been, wouldn't it? He's still in the fucking credits, so I keep hoping we're going to see him, but I think we may be done. I, I thought for the wedding, at least. Yeah, you thought he'd come back. No, he's busy hunting vampires out of Santa Fe. Tyler says, you know, he holds up his shot of bourbon and says, two Alaric Saltzman, who after today will have sex with only one woman for the rest of his life. This guy used to be your history teacher. Why do you talk to each other like this? Yeah, this is weird. Even Stefan or Damon wouldn't say some shit like this. Yeah, and Matt says, seriously, just one. You can't even look after this. This was the writers talking to Matthew Davis. This is not Matt and Tyler talking to Alaric. They said, you can't look anymore. Stop even mentioning fucking Nina, okay? They said, stop. We're done. No. You're marrying the age-appropriate woman. Because, you know, this line doesn't make any sense for Matt because it's like, Matt, you're not exactly slutting it up. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean you can't even look? And also, it's not like Alaric was really slutting it up either. Yeah. It's not like, oh, the famous playboy is nailed down. He can only have sex with one woman. He loved having a girlfriend. Yeah, that was his whole thing. He would have had the same wife if Isabel had not faked her death. He would have had the same girlfriend if Jenna didn't die. And he would have stayed with Meredith Fell if she didn't dump his crusty ass. Yeah. I mean, she didn't dump him. He died. But she didn't come running back when he came back. I think she was okay when he died. I think that was kind of a like, you know, I need to do a little better. She said the universe was looking out for me with that one. Meredith Fell, I hope you're queening in Alaska. Isn't she in Alaska? I think they said Alaska. Either way, she's queening. Tyler says, not that chicks are throwing themselves at an occult studies professor. Are they throwing themselves at cops? Yeah, are they throwing them at trainee cops with anger issues? We can, we can all say shit. Yeah. Matt says, oh, yeah, actually, you should probably lock this down while you can. He's like, I'm literally going to. He said, I'm getting married today. <laughs> That's my whole thing. Why are you two talking? Also, again, what Rick should say is like, Oh, yeah, you should lock it down with your girlfriends, too. Oh, wait, you both have no play. <laughs> You're both single as fuck losers. And you're a busboy, bitch. Matt hasn't dated anyone in ages. The only people who he's even, like, hooked up with are the crazy bitches who are weirdly obsessed with him, and he hooks up with them to distract people. He couldn't even get Sarah Salvatore. And that bitch has no street smarts. <laughs> Rick says, remember how great it was when you two were fighting? 
And Tyler says, sorry, this is a full moon tonight. I'm feeling extra dickish. Nice drop of the full moon. Yeah, so I was like, oh, he's killing someone tonight, which we haven't seen yet, but we might. Night's not over. Night's not over. Rick says to Matt, what's your excuse? Matt can't answer that because he and Tyler both get a text. And Rick says, oh, what is it? And Matt says, wedding day chores. And like simultaneously, Matt and Tyler say, courtesy of Caroline, what are you two doing? These two are being so Tweedledum and Tweedledee in this episode. Like, it's like, okay. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. They have to help with this wedding that you're inexplicably like very close to the groom for. Like, so you have to go pick up flowers. Matt, I hate to tell you this. This is the downside of you having a giant fucking truck. People need it for, for favors. This is the downside of being the one friend who has a truck. That yeah. is, by the way, brand new because remember, Rebecca bought it for you and I'm sure she spared no expense. I think you can handle picking up flowers. Y'all want to be the manly strong guy so bad. Yeah, you're going to have to do some lifting. After all Caroline's done for your musky asses. She tried to kill you one time. But like, Matt, you die all the fucking time. Like that can't be offensive. Tyler's tried to kill Matt before too. And Matt tried to kill Tyler too. And Tyler, remember when you hit a random dude earlier this season? Like, I know that's different than your ex-girlfriend threatening to kill you, but she didn't kill you. Yeah. Like, suck it up. You guys are going to get the open bar. You're going to be fine. Of course, maybe they'll have a bad night, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, but Matt kind of had a bad night so far, but we'll see what happens with Tyler. The night didn't get worse because they had to do some work beforehand. Yeah. Rick says, karma, sweet karma. Is it karma? Because now you're going from having two duds hanging out with you to sitting here and drinking alone for eight hours. Might as well be Tuesday. (laughs) They cheers and they drink, whatever. We go back over to wherever Joe's camp is setting up. Elena is doing her makeup in the bathroom. And Caroline says, okay, so the boys are taken care of. Bride and maid of honor are in hair and makeup. I'm going to go to the venue and fix whatever they're screwing up. This is interesting because later, Joe calls... Elena, the maid of honor. So she's not in hair and makeup. I guess is in hair and makeup like doing makeup? I, that's what I was thinking because I was like, oh, I kind of thought it was Elena. And then Elena's doing her makeup. So I guess she's technically in hair and makeup. Yeah. Because Joe also does her own makeup too. Like I don't think anyone's there to do it for them. They're in the hair and makeup phase. Elena reaches over to the counter and Caroline says, Elena, the curling iron. And Elena says, yes, Caroline, I see it. I'm human now, not blind. And I'm not fragile either. You don't have to walk on eggshells around me. And Caroline says, actually, I do. Because if you walked on them, they could cut you. You'd get infected and probably die. This has to be a weird adjustment to see one of your friends who you thought of as immortal now be human again. Elena says, you know what? Given my luck, that actually seems possible. And Caroline says, so what's it like now in the world of the living? And Elena says, well, it's different. I'm slower. I have to look both ways before crossing the street. But it's nice to not, and Caroline says, be a monster like me who turns off their humanity and commits murder instead of dealing with grief like a normal person. A, what's dealing with grief like a normal person because everyone fucking does this? Mm-hmm. It's okay, girl. And B, you were right because the whole reason when she was turning off her humanity, as she said to Elena, was like when it was over, the worst of the grief had passed. Mm-hmm. The worst of the grief has passed. Despite like killing people, it had its intended effect. Yeah. Elena says, I was going to say not to have to wear a daylight ring all the time. And Caroline says, oh. <laughs> And she says, I am really sorry, Elena. I was trying to hurt you when I said that you would never be truly happy with Damon because you weren't human. And now you are. And I just hope it's not because I made you think that you would be miserable for eternity. And Elena said, girly, I have wanted to be a human since the day I became a vampire. And I am the last person you need to apologize to. Good friend alert. 
Yeah, because she's like, no, girl, I understood what you were doing. It was pretty effective, but I, I could see through it. So it was it's fine. And I don't hold it against you. Yeah. Caroline says, thanks. I kind of wanted to start with an easy one. And Elena says, ah, yes, the dreaded amends to her. Caroline says, speaking of amends, if you see Stefan, by the way, I am avoiding him. I just need to get my life in order first, starting with my friends. Elena says, so Stefan's not a friend. And Caroline said, bitch. <laughs> Caroline says, Stefan's complicated. I just figured I'd work my way up to that one. And Elena says, well, you're in the clear because he's got his hands full with Damon today. And Caroline says, what's wrong with Damon? Isn't he the best fucking man? Shouldn't he be hanging out with Alaric? She's like, wait, so they're not helping with the wedding either? So how is Danielle going to get any of this done? <laughs> what exactly was Danielle's plan? <laughs> Elena says, oh, you know, not much is wrong with Damon. He just said he would take the cure with me. And Caroline says, Damon, Salvatore, human? I can't even picture it. And Elena says, yeah, something tells me neither can he. We go over to some suburb somewhere. Stefan's driving his little red car, and Damon's with him. Mm -hmm. Damon says, sure, Rick, I'll be your best man, but first hang out with the worst men so that my brother can kidnap me on the day of your wedding. Yeah, he's like, you left my best friend with the B team on his wedding day? Yeah. <laughs> I get that it's a TV show, and we have to get through plot points before the end of the season. And I get, like, based on everything, it does have to be today. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, did this have to be today? And this is one of those things, it really didn't. But at the same time, I do respect that at a wedding, oh, Damon's fucking drinking that cure the second he can. Like, it's going to be like a kid sneaking into a cookie jar because he's going to be believing in the infinite nature of love. Yes. <laughs> Stefan says, don't you hate weddings anyway? When, has these, when have these boys ever been invited to a wedding? Like, I mean that in all sincerity. No, that's why they hate them because they're like, well, they can't be fun because we never get invited. And actually, this one's not going to be fun either. Yeah. And Damon says, I hate Stefan mind games more. Anytime you want to clue me in as to where we're going. And Stefan says, come on, it's your last few days as a vampire. You can't blame me for wanting to spend some quality time with my brother. Here we are. And they pull up to a house. And I was like, whose house is this? I was, I, I didn't even know for sure if we were out of Mystic Falls yet. I was unclear on the situation. Yeah, I'm not sure where we are either. I don't think they ever say. They get out of the car to look at this house. And Damon says, is Mr. Rogers expecting us? And Stefan says, Mr. Rogers is dead. He says, don't bring that up. It's still raw. He said, you know I'm sad. <laughs> Damon says, yeah, we're going to be joining him in make-believe if you don't get to the damn point. And Stefan says, so this is a house I lived in during one of my many attempts to start over. Stefan owns some real estate, I tell you. Massive real estate portfolio. And he just, he has all these houses just sitting empty. He's like, I will not be a landlord. He said, that's my house. I want to go when I feel it going. That's my apartment in Chicago. I have things to write on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to get my security deposit back. <laughs> Stefan says, welcome to your suburban nightmare. Stefan kings a lot this episode. And this is a great start. Damon says, you don't think I've thought this through. No, duh. <laughs> no one thinks you have. You're not known for thinking things through, Damon. All the love in the world. That's not your thing. Stefan says, I think you've thought about a life with Elena. I don't think you've thought about neighbors or a mortgage. A soccer ball flies at Damon and he catches it. And a kid says, hey. And Stefan says, or kids. I don't know. Might not be your thing. Because let's be serious. Do you think Damon Salvatore likes kids? No fault of his own, but mommy and daddy issues. I don't know that he's really contextualized what it will mean to raise a kid for him. I'm a little concerned for the kid. I'll say that. Yeah, let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, Damon tosses the soccer ball back to the kid. They go inside. Over at the Salvatore house, there's a knock at the door. 
and it's Enzo and Bonnie answers. So Enzo and Bonnie finally meeting face to face. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for them to meet. Uh, it's not quite flirty yet, but we're, we're on the path. This seems a little bit of a nothing, but they met. It, it's not nothing to me. Yeah. I'm reaching for all sorts of meaning in this. Bonnie tries to close the door on him, but he doesn't let her. He says, relax. I'm not here to cause mischief. <laughs> just, he's so mischievous. He has to say that. Yeah, he has to clarify it because he's just he's always causing mischief. That's one thing about him. And Bonnie says, said everyone who ever causes mischief, which is so true. <laughs> Enzo says, I told Billy I'd visit. And Bonnie says, is this like some Oedipus thing? Absolutely, Queen. You got it, Queen. Nailed it. Enzo's like, I mean, I don't want to say yes, but yeah, yeah. Pretty much. If you have to ask. Um, <laughs> Bonnie says, you know what? Doesn't matter. She tries to close the door again. Enzo stops again and says, excuse me, little witch. She says, look, if you think I'm going to let you, a ruiner, in here to see another ruiner on the day of Joe's wedding, you've got another thing coming. Enzo says she's lonely and hungry and he holds out like an iPod. And Bonnie says she can't eat that. <laughs> she's like, do you know that that's not food, you idiot? <laughs> Enzo says, I'm not trying to feed her. I'm trying to keep her sane. That is filled with loads of songs from the last era she knew. I thought it might bring her comfort. He is so boyfriend. He's so cute in this spark and something with bonnie she sees the she sees the love in that she she said that is cutie actually she said that's actually really sweet and cutie i'm watching me i'm past Caroline. i'm on to this i'm on to benzo first of all their ship name is benenzo okay benenzo i've been calling them benzo and second of all you can't be moving on from Caroline because they're not even together but it's any day now this is i have to focus my attention on this because this needs a little bit more you know support right now so now you don't think Bonnie and Kai are going to kiss? You're going straight to Benenzo? I think Bonnie and Kai is like a fan-made ship that isn't anything. And I've kind of thought that for a long time. I was hoping maybe they'd smooch a little. I'm laser-focused on Benenzo. So Benenzo Bonanza, as I've said. Benenzo Bonanza up in your brain. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's what I'm I'm waiting for. The other couples can do what they want to do, but the, those are my two new ones now. That's my That's my couple at this point. Absolutely. I'm supporting Sterling, but they're they're on the back burner. Not for you. <laughs> not, not for me. <laughs> Enzo says, if you're not a complete monster, I trust you'll pass it on. And he goes. Bonnie goes down to the basement. And she hears Lily talking to herself, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily says, I want my family back. That's all I ever wanted, to have my family back with me where they belong. We got it, girl. No, we know. Like, trust me. You told us. <laughs> We're on the same page, girl. Bonnie can't see her in the dungeon and gets really close to the door. Oldest trick in the book. You know, everyone does it. It's it's a classic for a reason. Lily grabs Bonnie through the door, but Bonnie does get free and runs. But we do get a quick peek at Lily, and she looks worse for wear. Yes, she definitely looks like she's desiccated. <laughs> yeah. We go upstairs. We're at, like, Joe's setup area, but it does seem to be the Salvatore house. There's red marks on Bonnie's neck from being choked, and Elena's covering them with makeup. And Bonnie says, oh, yeah, like Lily was rambling about her family and I got close and she attacked me like an animal. And Elena says, yeah, it sounds like she's reached the full blown crazy stage of drying out. And Bonnie says, you're saying this is all because she's drying out. And Elena says, well, it's hard for me to explain how awful it is. But yeah, your mind starts playing tricks on you. You start seeing things and people. And Bonnie says, what happens when the crazy stage is over? And Elena says, well, Stefan said that he has a plan to get her back on track. 
And Bonnie says, does that plan involve letting her out? Because if he thinks she's giving up on her family, and Elena says, well, she's going to have to. You already destroyed the Ascendant. And Bonnie says, what if there's a loophole? Which is her number one concern of the day. Yeah, which is a fair concern. Yeah, and it turns out to be ultimately very fair. Because one thing we do know about witches and spells, they got loopholes, baby. I think there's some concern of like, if there's a loophole and she knows she'll make me do it, but also like there might be a loophole that they can do without me being involved at all. And like, then I don't even know when they're coming, which is- Which appears to be what happened. Yeah, because she is scared of Kai and she doesn't want him to kill her. Yeah, fair enough. Bonnie's kind of panicking based on her nightmares and she really wants to talk about this, but it's obviously not the day. No one's into it. And this conversation is cut short because Joe comes in and says, okay, I'm dreading it but I guess I should think about putting the dress on. Something's wrong. It's not the dress. Tell me it's not the dress. Why would they give a fuck about your dress? Well, and you're dreading putting your dress on? What the fuck dress did you buy? Like, that should be the most exciting part. Dread your hairdo, first of all. Yeah, last episode, she didn't even have a dress, so Lord knows where she got this one. <laughs> Elena says, we were just discussing the fact that there's a desiccating vampire locked in a cell less than 50 feet from where we're getting ready. And Joe says, did she do something to the dress? If you hate this dress so much, why do you give a fuck? Well, and if she did something to the dress, why would the dress have been down there? That would have been a whole nother issue that y'all did. Yeah. Bonnie says the dress is fine. I'm just being paranoid. Matt comes in and he says, truck's here. Who's coming? And everyone's like, what do you mean who's coming? They said, our job is to get ready and look cute at the wedding. And Matt says, Caroline suggested in a semi-threatening way that I pick up the centerpieces. How dare Caroline make you pick up the centerpieces for the wedding? Well, also, and this is another thing about Danielle. What was the plan if Caroline wasn't here? Who was going to pick up the centerpieces? Yeah, were you going to pick up all the centerpieces and everything? Like, what exactly were you... Like, then who was going to be at the venue make, making sure the setup went well? Yeah. And then Matt says, and that sounds like a Donovan screw-up waiting to happen. One thing about you, like, I'm a Matt Donovan hater. I think you can handle loading and unloading something. I'm not worried about... What are you so worried about? I think that's the one thing I would trust you to do is load and unload your truck. Now, don't get me wrong... I would like the florist to tell you not to grab the flowers by like the top because I'm not sure you know how to pick up flowers. But if she just instructs you to pick up, you know, the base, I think I can trust you to get the flowers somewhere. Well, just think of it like bussing food, except you're bussing vases. Yeah. How bad of a busser are you? (laughs) This is your skill set. I thought. Bonnie says, oh, I'll come with you because she wants to kind of get out of here. She doesn't really like being here. She's stressed. Yeah. Well, she's. She would like to talk to someone about the dreams who is not included in the wedding. Because I think like Lily grabbing her from the dungeon is concerning, but not the biggest concern. I think her having such a vivid dream is a big red flag to her. Yeah. And she knows one thing about Matt, he'll take it seriously. Yeah. If he gets to pull a gun out, he doesn't really care what led to it. Yeah, exactly. We go over to the venue. Caroline is instructing Tyler on like placing flowers on the chair She's like, not, oh, no, not there. Just a little bit higher. Okay, well, that's not a little, but okay. (laughs) And he says, okay, I'm bad at flowers. Yeah, I assumed you knew that. It's not about flowers. It's about just putting something on a chair. I mean. It's about just listening. Yeah. He says, Caroline, why am I here? What do you mean, why am I here? To help with the wedding. Like, this isn't a secret. But Caroline does take this opportunity to continue her apology to her. She says, I tried to kill you. My humanity was off, but I still tried to kill you. And you're my friend. And I'm sorry. Tyler says, you know, it's funny. You and I moved on a while ago, but getting tortured by your ex and her new boyfriend is never good for the ego. 
And she says, okay, well, first of all, he's not my boyfriend. And, and second of all, your ego is in the dump anyway. And Tyler says, whatever he is, I can't keep up. Tyler's like, I actually really don't give a fuck if you guys are dating. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline says, you have to know I'd never do anything like that if it weren't for... And Tyler says, you're good, Caroline. And that's good because, you know, I appreciate her apologizing, but yeah, he needs to... It wasn't really about him. Yeah. He says, and if you want to make amends, let me get the hell out of here. This is a mogul mindset. He doesn't want to do work and he is trying to... (laughs) He is trying to weasel his way out and I have to respect it. Yeah, he said, oh... All you have to do for me to forgive you is let me leave and drink. And she's like, "Mm, that's not really what we're going to (laughs) do. She says, nice try. But if I were getting married at an altar that looked like that, I'd be divorced in a week. So come on, Lockwood, next row. And then in comes our old friend, Liv Parker. I'll love to her, but I felt like booing. I know. She's got a little black dress on, very high stilettos, and a bob. Mm -hmm. She says, honestly, you should probably do that yourself. To Caroline, as if to say, like, Tyler's bad at everything. Yeah. Which, like, he is, but girl. You don't need to say it. And Tyler says, oh, Liv, what are you doing here? And Liv (laughs) says, you know that Joe's my sister, right? And he's like, yeah, but you didn't come for anything else, so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Caroline says, okay, goody, more amends. Drinks will help, and she goes to go get some drinks for them. Liv says, you look good. And he says, thanks. And she says, how are things? And he says, good. And she says, well, I'm done being nice. And this pisses her (laughs) all the way off. (laughs) She says, still recovering from that injury? And he says, what? And she says, whatever head injury turned you into a monosyllabic goon? Girl, what did you expect him to say to those questions? Yeah. And what, you mean the head injury when you dropped him to the ground after you, like, incapacitated him? Sorry that he's a little awkward after having not seen you for a few months, after you had a pretty tough breakup and you were kind of mean to him. You were going through something, but it was, I mean, you were kind of at fault here. Well, it's just like, what do you expect this conversation to be? Do you expect him to be like, oh my God, it's so nice to see you. Here's all that's been happening. That's not Tyler. That's not you. Plus, it's also like you showed up to the wedding while they were still setting up. Like, it's not even like you're just seeing him at the wedding when people are in like a good mood. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a weird thing to do. Yeah. He says monosyllabic. That's an awfully big word for a college dropout. Now, that's a little mean, but I think he's trying to be jokey because, again, they kind of have like a mean jokey thing going. Yeah. And I think he's trying to be like, okay, like, don't call me out for that. He's just trying to like lighten the mood because she already called him a monosyllabic goon. And she says, I'm sorry, was I supposed to stay at Whitmore after my ass of a boyfriend told me he never wanted to see me again? Oh, you cut out a couple plot points there. You skipped quite quite a ways ahead there, huh? It's not like Tyler out of nowhere was like, I never want to see you again. It was because you knocked him out and tried to kill yourself. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a betrayal. <laughs> Tyler says, you're mad at me? <laughs> because, and that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, yeah, aren't you here to like apologize? Like, you don't have to apologize for everything. Like, you both made mistakes, but like- To apologize at the very least, just be like, hey, it's good to see you. Hope you're well. Like, yeah. <laughs> you came here and started a fight. Yeah. Liv says, I lost my brother and then my boyfriend in the span of a week. And you can't blame Tyler for losing Luke. Yeah. I get that you're still grieving him, but it is not Tyler's fault. Tyler was like the one person trying to save Luke. Yeah. Tyler says, instead of coming to me, you tried to kill yourself. <laughs> can't be overstated. Yeah. Um, Liv says, I was hurt. Oh, he was hurt too, bitch. 
Yeah, he was hurt when he woke up on the floor of your dorm room. No pillow. No pillow. No anything, just the cold floor. And Tyler says, that doesn't make it okay. And she says, you're lecturing me on flying off the handle? Who was lecturing? Okay, first he's he's a monosyllabic goon. Now he says one sentence and it's a lecture. Girl. She says, you know what? I'm going to wait outside. Gemini wedding means big coven reunion heading this way. And then she goes. Don't make me side with Tyler Lockwood. In matters of relationships, don't make me side with Tyler Lockwood, but it's hard not to here. Yeah, I mean, I have to be on his side because from what we saw of their stupid fucking relationship that made no sense whatsoever, Tyler was into her and he was willing to keep it going and then she tried to kill herself and he was like, hey, that's not cool. I don't really think I can be with you if you don't care about me at all. And she was like, wow, this guy won't let me kill myself. What the fuck? I understand emotions were high. And so it's got to be hard for her to see him again. But like, she's had enough distance and enough time with this grief. She needs to be able to realize that A, Tyler is not at fault. And B, she had some major responsibility for their breakup. Well, especially because in this time, we have to assume she went back to Oregon with her father, like, it's not, you're not the first twin in this family to have a dead twin. Yeah. Good thing you have a family that can support you in that way, I guess. Yeah. We go into town. Bonnie and Matt are picking up the centerpieces. And Bonnie says, you know, Elena says that Lily is desiccating and that's why she's crazy. But, and Matt says, yeah, she killed two people last week when she wasn't desiccating. Well, yeah, that's why they're desiccating her. Uh, you're on a different page, buddy. Bonnie says, I know this will sound crazy, but I've been having these nightmares with her and Kai. And he says, say no more, bitch. And he pulls a little bag out of his car and says, here. And she says, what's this? He opens the bag. It's a bunch of fucking vampire weapons, stakes and stuff. I love whenever they pull bags out like this because like you don't hear any noise because obviously why would you hear it? But can you imagine carrying a duffel bag full of wooden stakes the way that would jingle as you walk? Like it, it would be so unmistakable what's in that bag. It'd be like clonk, 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 clonk. Like you'd be like, that bag is full of pieces of wood. What the fuck? Like, yeah. What does he need all that wood for? Yeah. And then a the vampire's they're like, oh, okay. He's so he's a vampire hunter. Yeah. Well, that guy is clearly trying to hunt vampires because I can hear the bag of wood from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> Matt says, when Bonnie Bennett has a hunch, you don't ignore it. And this is, you know, I got to give it to Matt. This is good that he listens to her and it says, like, yeah, actually, your nightmares are usually a sign that something's up. I'm not on the team of, like, let's kill whatever vampire anytime. Lily could be staked. Like, I I don't think that's a bad call. I get why you guys don't want to do it. But of the vampires that you would stake this early, she makes a touch of sense. I think, honestly... Yeah, even obviously Stefan and Damon are never going to do it. They'll be pissed off, but you might as well just do it and never admit it was you. Just say, what? That's crazy. I wonder who staked her. Too bad you guys leave your door unlocked so it could have been literally anyone at any given time. Well, honestly, I mean, this is what I would do. Go into the dungeon, stake her with a crossbow through the dungeon door, drag her out into the living room and say, she got out, she attacked me. I staked her. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Lily. Bonnie says, what do you think we should do? And Matt says, I know what we shouldn't do. Leave her in the hands of two people we don't trust. And like, I get this, that he doesn't trust Stefan and Damon with Lily. And I think he's right to be suspicious of them because she's their mom. But she's in a dungeon right now. She's not like in their hands being watched. She's locked up and desiccating. It was like, maybe this isn't the day to deal with this. 
we go to Stefan's house in the suburbs. Stefan and Damon are now inside. And Damon mm-hmm. says, oh, yeah, it's nice in here. Brazilian hardwoods, open floor plan, updated kitchen. What kind of rogue kill you cooking in here? And Stefan says, well, considering the fact that you actually have to eat as a human, just wanted to give you a little taste of what your dinner is going to look like. He pulls a microwavable meal out of the microwave and says, you don't cook, Elena doesn't cook, and who has time with work and kids, right? He's like, famously, I'm a great cook. Neither yeah. of y'all are. <laughs> Damon sniffs the microwave food. And Stefan says, mmm, Salisbury steak. Dig in, Damon. You're going to need all that energy for these. And it's a bunch of file folders. <laughs> and Damon says, what's that? And Stefan says, oh, it's just the rest of your life. And Damon says, paperwork. That's your big move. To be fair, he didn't look at the paperwork. If he did, it might have been a different situation. Because first of all, what the fuck is your social security number, Damon? And how do you explain that it's from the 1800s? Let's start there. That's the thing. I mean, like, he should open it and say, just fill out this W-9 really quick. Is it a W-9? I-9. Fill this W-4 and make sure you have your I-9. Because I know he doesn't have any of his I-9 documents. Oh, he definitely doesn't. And he's like, why are there three different lists? And what do the combinations mean? And what are any of these? Yeah. Stefan says, let me ask you something. When was the last time you filled out paperwork of any kind? Taxes, health insurance, driver's license. Damon says, every idiot in the country does it. You think I'm going to have trouble with this? Bring him to one DMV. Mm-hmm. That's what, he didn't have time to do that today because it's a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Stefan says, you will have trouble the first time you encounter some moron that you can't kill or compel. Can you imagine if you've been compelling people for 150 years and you have to go to the DMV and they're like, no, you can't do that here. Like, sir, you didn't bring the right document. He'd lose his shit. He would try to compel, like, I think you'll see that I have all the documents I need. And they're like, you don't. They're like, Get out of here. Come back when you have it. Damon says, maybe. Then I would just come home and pop a beer from my beautiful stainless steel fridge. And he grabs a beer. Because one thing about Stefan, he's got it stocked. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan says, which you won't be able to afford unless you have a job. Fuck your logging fortune. (laughs) That's only for vampires, apparently. Yeah. Stefan says, and if you're about to say you can borrow money from me, you can't. And Damon says, well, that's not very brotherly of you. <laughs> Damon says, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> Stefan says, actually, it is. I won't know where you live. You'll have the cure running through your veins. And if I know where you are, then someone can use me to track you down and take the cure from you and turn you into a 172-year-old corpse. I mean, sure, but he's getting his point across. But it is like, is that necessary? It's like, or you could just not tell them. Yeah, or you could just stay in touch. If none of you tell anyone, like, why would that news get out? That would only be your guys' fault. If someone goes looking for the cure, direct them to fucking Silas and they'll go and see it's gone. Be like, yeah, I heard it was on this island in Nova Scotia. We went, but we could never find it. Because also, Stefan, if you're a vampire, you can't be compelled except by the originals who, like, they will be able to find you. They clearly have their own thing going on right now. Yeah, who knows what it is? Stefan says, what's the matter, Damon? Haven't thought that far ahead. See, eventually word will spread and you and Elena will have to move away. You'll have to isolate yourselves. No friends, no family. This will be your life, Damon. This will be your hell. Ooh. And, you know, he does pull out the big guns because if I was living a life where I didn't have to do paperwork, you could not pay me to get back into it. I'm sorry. Like, but I'm different. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I Maybe if I was in love with someone, my mind would change. But I just feel like I'd be like, if you were really in love with me, you'd stay a vampire. 
Well, and if you were really in love with me, even if we want to be humans, you do all the paperwork for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not doing it. Damon says, that is where you're wrong, brother. This will not be my life. He takes a paper out of his pocket and says, this will be my life. It's a picture of like a building. And it's like, oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> and he says, see, Elena was pretty explicit about what she wanted. Now, this isn't Tribeca. New York's a little too crowded for me. But it is above a bar that I own next to a medical school. It's in the Northwest somewhere. I mean, I'd tell you where it was, but you made it abundantly clear you didn't want to know. Which is funny because this paper is clearly like a real estate listing. So I'm sure the address is on it. <laughs> I'm sure he was like, yeah, I see it. It's in Portland. Yeah, I can read. I love, um, he was, Elena was very clear about sh- what she wanted, but it's not Tribeca. <laughs> it's like, okay. But I know obviously the point is is there. <laughs> Elena was very clear about what she wanted. I ignored it. But... I, I ignored one major part of it, was the, which was the location. But the bar is there. I made sure to get that one. Yeah. <laughs> Damon says, I'm going to check out upstairs. We go back over to Joe's getting ready area. And Elena gets a call from Stefan and she says, I'm on my third glass of champagne, so speak slowly. She went from non-alcoholic mimosa straight to champagne. Girl, put some orange juice in it. You know, you can get to champagne eventually, but if you're starting with mimosas, you just have to keep doing less and less orange juice until like noon. I would say even later, depending on what time the wedding is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On what I'm talking about normal mimosa day. Wedding is different. Wedding, you should have like maybe two or three mimosas in the morning and then wait. Yeah. Especially if you're the maid of honor. Stefan says, you know how you and I were both worried that he didn't think this through? He thought it through. And Elena says, it's Damon. He didn't. (laughs) Elena's like, check again. (laughs) And Stefan says, he's ready to do this, Elena. He's got your perfect little life all planned out. And Elena says, I want the perfect human life with him too. Trust me. But life isn't perfect. Look, you have a few more hours. So push him. Make him see that. And I do love, he has the whole life planned out. He has one real estate listing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I get the vision and it is like proof that he has thought about it concretely. Yeah. They hang up and Elena chugs the rest of this glass of champagne and starts to pour more. And Joe says, hey, remember when you were pacing yourself? Hey, remember when you minded your own business? I know the alcoholic didn't say something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know this bitch didn't say something. <laughs> Elena says, I do, right before I told my ex-boyfriend how to get my current boyfriend to give up hope for a relationship. What if I made a huge mistake taking the cure? And Joe says, the only mistake you made was that last glass of champagne. I'm going to make some coffee before you spiral through the earth to China. Joe's like, I really don't give a fuck. It's Whose wedding day is it? Mine. Elena says, okay. And Joe takes the champagne glass. She's going to walk away. She stumbles a little bit. And it's like, oh, she okay? (laughs) And then she passes out. She drops the wine and faints and hits her head very hard on the way down. Yeah, like really bangs her head into it. And it like, you know, obviously she does this because she's acting as she does it. But it looks like she's like pushing her head into this piano. Yeah, she throws her head to it. (laughs) Elena freaks out, of course. We go over to the hospital and Joe is okay. She's sitting on an exam table when Elena comes in. And Elena says the doctor got the test results back. The babies are fine. You're fine. He thinks it was just, and Joe says, an acute panic attack brought on by stress, pregnancy, and a severe lack of food. And Elena says, yeah, you're a doctor. She says, yeah, I don't know why we came here if you seem to know that. (laughs) Joe says, what are the chances of you being an amazing maid of honor and keeping this mortifying episode to yourself? I don't want to worry, Rick. Oh, so you're the maid of honor. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Outside the hospital, Rick walks up, and Elena says, so you can't tell her I told you, because she already told Rick. (laughs) 
Yeah, she's like, I did that 20 minutes ago. Yeah, she's loyal to him. She's known him longer. Yeah. Also, it's the wedding day and the pregnant girl gets sick. You're going to call the fiance. <laughs> kind of the first call. Alaric says, okay, fine, but I want to see her. And Elena says, not till the wedding. If there's any way that you should be superstitious, it's Mystic Falls. And that's fair. Yeah. Alaric says, okay, fine, but what happened? And Elena says, the doctors think she had a panic attack. And he says, as in she doesn't want to get married to me, panic attack? Awesome. I don't know why you went straight there, buddy. <laughs> and she says, no, as in it's her wedding day and she has two small humans growing inside her and she can't self-medicate like you, bourbon breath. Got him. <laughs> I got him a bit. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, good. And she says, sorry, I just saw her fall and my first instinct was to vamp to her, but I couldn't. And then I saw her hit her head and I wanted to give her vampire blood, but I couldn't. And Alaric says, oh, are you having second thoughts like about taking the cure? And she says, no, because <laughs> then I thought, what would a human do? So I called 911, got her to the hospital, and then I let the doctors do their job. And it felt oddly empowering. I bet it did now that she's okay. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it was great. I didn't have to do shit. <laughs> and then she says, why didn't you tell me? And Rick says, what? And she says, how amazing it feels to be human again. He's like, well, I wasn't going to brag. Yeah, he's like, well, it seemed like that was not going to happen for you. So why would I rub it in your face? Yeah. She says, at first I was worried it might take the edge off my senses, but it's the opposite. I feel connected to the world again. I feel, he says, alive. Because your life has purpose again. It's finite. And it's pretty much the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, life being finite. We'll see how you feel about that later today, Rick. It's super fun, isn't it? And, you know, if only there was a way to find life's purpose while being immortal. Oh, wait, it's the same path as finding it when you're immortal. You just have more time. Yeah. Interesting. We go over to the venue. Caroline returns to check in on Tyler and Liv with some drinks she made them with a lot of tequila. And she says, oh, there's only one of you because Liv has left. And Caroline says, what did you do? And Tyler says, I didn't do anything. I was like, actually, this time it wasn't me. <laughs> Caroline says, he said angrily. And Tyler says, nothing has changed. What, because she walks in here with a pretty dress and a new haircut? I'm supposed to forget how she acted? Caroline says, no, you're supposed to talk to her like an adult and work out your problems. And look, it is so hard for me to not side with Caroline on every little thing she ever does. <laughs> but Caroline, you try talking to live like an adult. She was not, he can't have an adult conversation with that. This is good advice if the other person is at all willing to be realistic. Yeah. But no. And Tyler says, you don't know about our problems. Because to be fair, she really doesn't. Nor, nor should she want to. And Caroline says, no, but I know about your problems. Unless you're cool with only making it two weeks in the police academy and then having no purpose in life. Got him a little bit. Yeah. And she says, at least when you had her, you were trying, Tyler. Was he? I mean, he was going to class. Sure. So maybe that's trying. He took one shift as a cater waiter. He actively tried not to kill people and then, you know, accidentally almost did one and then almost killed her brother. Like, was he trying? I mean, trying as much as anything, but it's not like anyone is rooting for these two. Well, um, yeah, let's not act like this relationship was super good for either of them, least of all him. Yeah. The only relationship he should be mourning is his relationship with Caroline, because at least she made him yeah. better. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a reason we played Celebrate when they broke up. Yeah. Not because they were good for each other. <laughs> Tyler says, you're giving me advice about relationships after all your Stefan drama this year. 
number one, that is a wildly different scenario, but also Tyler kind of ate here. It is kind of like, get no, you're not talking to me. It's it's a little lazy because like, oh, the Stefan stuff is complicated. Yeah, but you know, I get why he said it. He's defending himself. And he kind of needs her to shut up and, you know, Tyler says, do me a favor, figure out your own damn life and let me worry about mine. That's fair. Well, because it's clear Caroline's trying to control and help other people's lives because she doesn't feel capable of controlling her own. I mean. Yeah, because she's trying to grasp control in any way she can get it because she feels very vulnerable dealing with Stefan. And you would hope Tyler, who who dated her, would be able to see some of that. But no, he's, uh, he's being selfish as he do. Well, I think that Tyler might be able to see that if Caroline wasn't like kind of condescending to him about his own relationship that he knows more about. So I think yeah, she's true. not setting herself up to get grace from Tyler. Yeah. So again, it's hard to get me to side with anyone other than Caroline, particularly Tyler Lockwood. Well, and the thing is, it's hard because is she being condescending? Yes. Does Tyler think he deserves that? No. Do, do I, an outside observer who saw how stupid that relationship was, think he deserves that? Yes. But why would he think that? So uh, you have to be a little fair to him. Well, I think that, yeah, I think also that, again, the advice he needs is not the advice that Caroline is giving. The advice is, you guys are obviously not right for each other. Pack it up. Be okay. Yeah. Go find someone else. I mean, you're still young and hot. There's there's lots of options out there for you. Yeah. Caroline gets a call from Stefan. She does not pick it up. Mm-hmm. Duh. We go back to the suburbs to check on the boys. And Damon says, well, you know, I applaud you for your effort, Stefan. But I think it's time for the This Is Your Life tour to end. You got the address? And Stefan says, yep. Tuxes are in the car. We're good to go. But just one more thing. <laughs> a few more things, actually. Yeah, he's, he's like, I've got some real silver bullets left. Yeah, he's drinking from a flask, so he's ready to party. Mm-hmm. Damon says, oh, what now? Are you going to give me a lecture on laundry, oil changes, personal hygiene? He said, no, the boring stuff didn't work. So now I'm going to go for the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan holds out the flask and says, breakups. And Damon says, what about them? Damon says, well, that, that's not relevant to me. And Stefan says, well, I guess you hadn't really thought about that, right? What if you and Elena aren't really soulmates? And Damon says, oh, you know, I'm not big on labels, but I think we're pretty good on that front. And Stefan says, yeah, you sound like me four years ago. Uh, Got him. He needed, he really needs to hear this because Stefan really was sure that he was going to marry Elena at a time. Yeah. And Damon is kind of the type that will fall in love really easily. I mean, we all saw how long you waited for Catherine. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's worth bringing up this possibility because if you break up as vampires, that's one thing. But to be fair, this relationship with Elena as far as we know, is Damon's first, like, real long-term serious relationship. Yeah, because Catherine didn't even like him that much. Yeah. It's it's my main thesis forever. Like, we don't have to make decisions so fast, you two. Yeah. Stefan says, you know, Elena and me were soulmates, too. And Damon says, watch it, Stefan. Okay, you watch it. You're the one who stole his girlfriend. Like, all love. <laughs> but... Don't act like Stefan's crazy for reminding you that he dated Elena first. Well, and that reaction, that just shows you're not ready to even discuss, like, the possibility that you guys might break up. Yeah. And again, we've said this before. I'll say it a million more times. They've got a good seven years until, like, the cure leaving Elena's body will age her to reach Damon's, like, technical age. Yeah. Damon does not need to take this cure today. Yeah, you have time. 
it's still just in her own, like in her bloodstream. You've got time to just sit and think. We we don't have to speed through any of this. Yeah. Stefan says, I'm just being realistic. What if something goes wrong? You're still human, still isolated, still alone. And Damon says, not going to happen. And Stefan says, right, because couples stay together forever. They never fight and they never hurt each other and they never drift apart. Let me show you. So Stefan grabs Damon's head. And even before this dream, it's like, you two have broken up multiple times in like the last year. Yes. All the love in the world. All the love in the- Look, I'm a Delana shipper and I believe they are soulmates, but- Things still get hard for soulmates. Just because you're soulmates doesn't mean it's all perfect. And particularly when you have bills. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you know, they don't discuss this because I think this is a little too dark for the show. What if she's fucking infertile? So it's like, there's a lot of other things that can go wrong that cause strain on relationships that vampires don't have to deal with. Or can choose to avoid. And again, we've harped on it enough. You can pick up a baby anywhere. Yeah, just is what it is. They're not that hard to find. You can have a whole family. You can go pick up five babies tomorrow. You can have any baby you want because you can compel them. Any kid, any age you could have. Yeah. We go into one of Stefan's little scenarios. Stefan gets to write a little fanfic this week. In this scenario, Damon is drinking alone at home. And Elena comes in. She's in her scrubs. She's in residency. Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, you're still up. And Damon says, rough night. And she says, oh, just long. I keep having to tell myself a couple more years of residency and I'll be free. And he says, oh, come sit. Have a drink with me. She says, I'm actually kind of tired. I'm going to go to bed. She kisses him and goes. And he's sad that he's not hanging out with her. Yeah, because he's like, what? She worked? She had to work all day? And then we go back to real life. And Damon says, oh, God, Elena has a job. Somebody help me. (laughs) So that's good that he's secure in that. Yeah. But Stefan's not letting him off that easy. He says, oh, that's just two years in. Wait till you hit seven. Grabs his head again. Go back into another scenario. Um, Elena is at the counter looking at bills. And Damon comes in, obviously drunk, Mm -hmm. says hello and kisses her. She says, you're drunk. And he says, I sense judgment, which is odd. You're the one that wanted me to own a bar. And she says, I wanted you to own it, Damon, not pass out on it every night. And he says, yeah, well, that bar is a lot more affectionate than you. Pretty lazy fanfic writing, Stefan. Yeah, Stefan isn't going for anything creative. He's just going for the basics. And you know what? He's hitting them out of the park because they're obviously affecting Damon. Yeah, because he's like, oh, her plan is for you to own a bar. Oh, I've got some good alcoholic stuff to, to sprinkle in here. Yeah, he said, that's too easy. He said, also, you don't even have any dreams of jobs. So like, we'll stick with the birthing. Nice and easy. Yeah. Elena says, I just finished my residency, Damon. I'm working my butt off to build a career. And he says, well, I'm drinking my butt off building mine. And she says, if you're that unhappy, then just sell the bar. And he says, and do what? And she says, I don't care, Damon. Whatever it is you want to do. She said, I don't know. Get a fucking hobby. Do you have any desires to do anything? Yeah. Damon says, that's the thing, Elena. I can't do what I want to do because what I want to do is drink all night without getting drunk. Drive my car like a psycho without fear of death. I want to tear someone's head off without getting arrested. And Elena says, you're right, Damon. You can't do any of those things anymore. And he says, because of you. I can't because of you. And she says, just say it. And he says, this was a damn mistake. And she says, you're right. This was a mistake. He throws the bottle at the floor and says, get out of my head. Goes back into real life and headbutts Stefan, pushes him away. Yeah, so he's trying to trying to keep a 
a facade up that that didn't affect him that much. But, buddy, we all saw you fill the bottle in the dream. This one hit a nerve. Yeah. Because this is Elena's number one fear is that he will resent her. You know, I think he has a little bit of fear, too, that, like, I don't think he's afraid that love won't be enough, but I think he is worried that, you know, things change and they do change, but that he won't be able to change with the times, I guess. Also, that he knows he doesn't have, like, ambitions for a career. Yeah, because he's immortal. Why would he? he? And he knows that Elena does, so he's worried that, like, he will just do nothing all day. And you know what? You can be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Try not to mix that with alcoholism, but it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't preclude you from the job. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might not be great at it. But... Yeah. <laughs> In real life, Damon says, I see what you're doing. Whoa, how'd you pick up on it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's really subtle. Yeah. <laughs> and Damon says, this isn't about me being alone. It's about you being alone. Without me and without Elena. Awfully selfish of you, brother. Number one, you're just trying to get the heat off you. So, I, And I don't even think you think this is true. But number two, <laughs> if we want to be calling people selfish, you didn't tell Stefan you were going to take the cure until after Elena did it. So who's selfish? Yeah. I mean, he's the one being selfish. And he knows this isn't true when he says it. And Stefan is like, really? This is your approach to this? This is the spin? You know that's a reach at best. It's the same thing with Stefan all the time. He's like, you're actually lonely. Stefan's like, uh, I fucking know. That's why I'm so miserable all the time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I am lonely. And I'm sad that my brother wants to abandon me to be a human. Yeah. Not a secret. I- I'm not hiding that. I don't have to hide my loneliness like you do. Yeah. Stefan says, even if you and Elena defy every single statistic and stay in love every hour of every day, you still can't control life or death. She's human. She could die at any moment. What is your life going to look like without her? He grabs Damon's head again. And this is is going for the jugular. This is a great move. This is when he really digs in. And we go to a scenario, and this is very sad. We see Damon come home to an empty house, open the fridge, make a microwave dinner, drink bourbon, watch TV, and like turns off the TV and just sits there. And he looks so sad. It's very heartbreaking. Yeah, this is so depressing. Because, you know, most of these people, they go through grief, but they have this support system to go through it. In this scenario that Stefan is trying to show him, he does not have Elena and he does not have a support system. Yeah, because it's all a romantic view of a human experience when you get to grow old together. But like, you guys know more than anyone that not everyone gets that, even if you are in love. This scene was like, I was like, this is really dark for this show. This is really depressing. I know. But it didn't stop me from noticing when he opened his fridge full of food, he had the Trader Joe's frozen spanakopita in there, in the fridge. But that's beside the point. But I was like, damn, come for me. Like, I eat that all the time. He is so me in a depressive episode, eating the Trader Joe's spanakopita. Depressed going to Trader Joe's. That's It's a hard place to be when you're depressed because that shit is colorful. It's a little too happy for, for what's going on in your brain. But you keep doing it because... Man, that span of copper is good. <laughs> so we go back to real life. And this has hit Damon hard. And Damon says, so you make us drift apart, break us up, and then kill her? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. That was my whole storyboard for today. And I, I really pulled it off. I'm glad you picked up on the thesis of each scene. Damon says, that's harsh, brother. 
And Stefan says, she wanted me to be harsh. And Taman says, this was her idea too. Well, that's funny. Because the two people closest to me are the two most sadistic. Did you think Elena wasn't involved in this? Yeah. This has Elena's grubby little fingerprints all over it. Elena even said to you last week, like, I'm not going to let you take the cure until you've let everyone convince you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Also, it's just funny that he calls this sadistic. You think this is sadistic? This could have been way more sadistic. Oh, yeah. Stefan could have made it so that you miss killing people so much that you kill Elena. He could have made it that Elena gets cancer, too. Yeah. There are a lot of directions. He could make it just, you know, spitballing here, that Elena dies at the wedding today. He could make it that Elena gets killed by your mother being a ripper. Yeah. I mean, he could have been sadistic. He could have made it that he missed his brother so much he turned his humanity off and then killed Elena. Yeah. All sorts of depressing directions he could have gone. He just went basic. He went vague death. He didn't even show you how Elena died. Yeah, it wasn't even your fault. Although, let's be honest, I know that bitch drove off Wickery Bridge. <laughs> One thing about bridges, they want her ass off. Yeah. Stefan says, you know, if you do this, you're human forever. No matter what happens, there's no going back. And this is where Damon actually, for the first time, starts to, like, admit that he's having second thoughts about saying this. <laughs> Not outright, but... Because that's the thing, like, if it were, like, you could take it and turn back into a vampire, that'd be one thing. But we know you can't. Yeah. Damon says, what do you think I should do? And Stefan says, that's the thing. I can't tell you. Elena can't tell you. You can't do this for me or for her. You have to want to be human for yourself. He kind of ignores that advice, but we'll get Yeah, because he's like, well, could could you tell me I should do it so that I can just do it? Could I do it for one of you? I don't care which. Yeah, you guys can pick. Rock, paper, <laughs> scissors. Yeah, you guys just tell me what to do. <laughs> we go back to the venue. Everything is now set up. The wedding is, you know, beginning to be underway. The pre-wedding cocktail hour has started. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of people here. And yet these people don't have any age-appropriate friends. So I guess Gemini Coven's just that big. Yeah, because that must be all who's invited. Because we know Rick ain't got family. Yeah, we know Rick has nobody. Maybe Joe invited a couple people from the hospital, but I doubt it. Yeah, poor Liam didn't score an invite. <laughs> yeah, I know he's mad about it. <laughs> Caroline, you know, sends a bartender somewhere and Elena approaches her. And one thing worth noting, Elena's human now. She's back to straightening that hair, baby. She said, what the fuck was I doing with the curling iron? Yeah. <laughs> that's not me at all and both of these two are slaying it at this wedding oh yeah caroline looks super cute in her blue dress elena looks really cute in the mauve purpley dress mm -hmm. very nice caroline says hey where's joe is she elena says she's fine they discharged her and caroline says good there's a back entrance she can use that avoids being seen and elena says okay i'll tell her and then elena spots stefan so she says stefan's coming <laughs> caroline spots him and she says okay i'm gonna go wait for joe and she leaves <laughs> Stefan says, I'm not used to scaring people away. Aren't you, though, Ripper of Monterey? Yeah, maybe not lately, but... <laughs> Elena says, people are uncomfortable around Salvatores and Tuxes. It stirs feelings. Not me. I I'm super comfortable. Come on over. Yeah, come on over, boys. I'm good. <laughs> I can handle it. I'm strong. <laughs> Stefan says, uh-oh, Elena's human again. Am I sensing another brother swap? And she laughs. She laughs. She's like, but <laughs> she's like, that's funny. But however, it's funny you bring that up because <laughs> Elena says, is he with you, Damon? And Stefan says, no, he needed some time to think. Elena says, that sounds ominous. And she says, you don't want him to take it, do you? And Stefan says, it's not up to me. And Elena says, I'm not him. You can tell me how you really feel. And he says, of course, I don't want him to take it. He's my brother. 
Yeah, he's like, I want my brother to live forever with me. He says the thought of losing him is, and Elena says, yeah, I know. What do you think he's going to do? And Stefan says, you never knew Damon as a human. As Stefan says this, we see Damon still in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Stefan narrates he was aimless, always searching for something more, sweet and earnest to a fault, but never strong. In the suburbs, the same kid kicks his soccer ball into Damon's hands again. He catches it. And Stefan narrates that came later when he found himself, when he truly became Damon. He loves being a vampire, and I just don't think he'll ever give that up. Damon brings the soccer ball up to the kid and pops it in his face and smiles. Classic. I mean, the kid needs to learn how to kick it in the goal. Yeah. He'll figure it out after this. Mm -hmm. We go over to the Salvatore house. Bonnie comes in with Matt. Matt has a gun, because what else is he going to do? And Bonnie says she's going to kill us. And Matt says, I thought the whole point of this is we were in control of her. And Bonnie says, no, I'm not talking about Lily. I'm talking about Caroline. The wedding starts in an hour. Matt says, all we have to do is knock her ass out and drag her to the boiler room. 30 minutes tops. Why drag her to the boiler room? Just stake her. It's 30 minutes. In an hour, you're going to get ready in 30 minutes? I mean, come on. It, it's rude. Although I guess the wedding will be delayed, so maybe they're fine. Yeah. Well, they end up not making it. But yeah. Not because of this. Well, because of this, but in a different way. They go down to the cellar. Matt says, Bonnie, because the door is open and the dungeon is empty. Turn around and go up the stairs. Yeah. Mm-mm. Bonnie says, oh, Enzo must have let her out. I have to warn everyone. Wasn't Enzo clean? Wasn't. He would never do that. So Bonnie goes to text everyone. But unfortunately, Matt grabs his throat and he's struggling for air. And he says, oh, I can't breathe. It's like someone is crushing my throat. Bonnie, rush that text out. Yeah, Bonnie, one second, let me pop this off. I'll deal with that in a second. You can go like two minutes before you're strangled. I'll just help Lily got out. That's a quick type. And he's got the ring on, so he's okay. Bonnie says, okay, hang on. But the same thing happens to her. Her throat is tight and she falls. They both pass out. Mm -hmm. She does not get the text out. So it's pretty clear there's a witch in the midst. Yeah, but the question is who? I did start doubting it for a second because I was like, I wasn't seeing anyone. So I was like, is there a poisonous gas? But it's it's got to be a witch. <laughs> I'm just throwing out the other one to show that sometimes I'm stupid, which I don't know why I would do that. Yeah, you don't need to show us. We got it, girl. <laughs> we heard your other guesses. <laughs> yeah. We go over to the grill. Enzo is drinking at the bar. Because he didn't get an invite to the wedding. Lily comes up to the bar and says, tea, please. Earl Grey. And the bartender says, come on. <laughs> Bartender's like, not Lisa Vanderpump's head ass in here. She goes to Enzo, and Enzo says, oh, to what do I owe the pleasure? And she says, I heard you tried to bring me something called an MP3 player. I'm not entirely sure what that is, but I wanted to thank you. And Enzo says, they let you out of your cell to do that? And she says, of course not, but I'm resourceful. I don't think that's what happened. (laughs) I I think someone else helped you quite a bit. (laughs) Do you want to say specifically who you think helped her? I I think Kai or another one of the Gemini. Kai or any specific Geminis? I think it's possible that there's Geminis we don't know who are okay. included in this. I was suspicious of Liv and Joshua, but we get to a point later where I stop being suspicious of them. Do you think there are some Geminis who are siding with Kai and the heretics, essentially? Yeah. Or who, you know, are anti-incarceration Geminis. Sure. The abolitionists. Perhaps. Enzo says, oh, should I be concerned about an imminent ripper binge? And Lily says, actually, no, you shouldn't. I was a ripper because I lost my family. But today I'm getting them back. She seems very confident. 
Yeah. Well, and this is an interesting, I'm getting them back, not I got them back. Yeah. That like, they didn't let her out, but we know likely at this point, Kai is out. Someone is helping her. Someone figured out about her. I don't know. I, I am debating the Kai thing a little bit because he might not have gone right to her, but I think there's another Gemini fucking shit up. Interesting. We go back to the venue. Joe is getting ready. We see now her hair is done. It's in what they always do on weddings on TV shows, an ugly ass updo. Yeah, it's not giving. Love you, Joe, but this is not the look. Yeah. Uh, Joe gets a call from Alaric and she answers. And she says, if you're trying to organize a secret rendezvous, and he says, don't worry, I'm not. He's milling about the party. He calls her because he doesn't have any friends at the party. Yeah. He says, I just need help with my vows. What rhymes with Battlefield Clan? And she says, divorce. <laughs> he says, how are yours coming? And she says, stop fishing for spoilers. Rick says, this place is crawling with Gemini. Who knew there were so many of you? And she says, well, there's not much to do in the coven other than procreate. She said, all we do is have twins. Like, that's her whole fucking thing. Yeah, we have twins and we invisiquay. Yeah. She says, you haven't seen my dad, have you? Rick says, no, actually, but it's big of you to invite your attempted murderer to your wedding. And Joe says, well, he gives really good gifts. And never say big of you to a pregnant woman. One thing about Joe, she's like, if you call me fat, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I'm calling the police. Alaric says, I hate that I can't see you right now. And she says, I love that you hate it. See you soon. (laughs) She hangs up and in comes Joshua looking sexy, sexy. As As he he do. He says, maybe I should just leave my gift and go then. What's your gift? He says, yeah, it depends. She says, oh, dad, what are you doing back here? What do you mean? It's your wedding? Yeah. (laughs) He says, you're my daughter, and I don't expect you to say yes. But if I didn't at least ask to walk you down the aisle, I couldn't live with myself. He's like, okay, why not? She's like, I don't have any other friends. Someone has to walk her down the aisle. She didn't ask anyone because who would she fucking ask? Liam? Like, she's gone through everybody else. Yeah. If anything, it should be Damon. Yeah. (laughs) We go outside. Caroline is moving some gifts around and Stefan approaches. She tries to run, but there's nowhere to go. And Stefan says, you're avoiding me. And she says, what? Oh, I'm not avoiding you. She says, that doesn't sound like me. She says, I'm just trying to organize this whole circus here. I mean, did you see where they put the bar? And he says, Caroline, can we talk? And she nods. And so they're sitting on some haystacks. And he says, just say it. I'm wrong. I'm making this about me. I'm being selfish. And she says, no, sorry. Not wanting to lose your brother is pretty low on the selfish scale. And this is fair because like, yeah, it's not selfish to not want to lose your brother. And you're not saying to him, like, you shouldn't take the cure for me. He's letting him make his own decision. Yeah, you're still letting him make his choice, even though you, of course, want it to swing one way. But you're letting him have the freedom to not swing it that way. That's pretty, pretty free. Yeah. She says forcing someone to turn off their humanity on the other hand that and he says yeah that's way up there and then he holds her hand mm, yummy sterile mm-hmm. she says do you hate me <laughs> she's just like me, me. <laughs> he says no of course i don't hate you it doesn't mean i don't hate the way you handled things and she says well that makes two of us he is being so mature and kind mm-hmm. growth from stefan growth from stefan because he's figured out how he feels finally Caroline says, I made a list of all the things I've done since I fell for you. It started last summer when you moved away. I started obsessing over where you were, wondering why you weren't returning my calls. I told you I hated you when I felt ignored, missed my mom's final moments because I was kissing you, and then she died, and all I needed was for you to tell me that you felt something for me, and you didn't. And it affected me so deeply that I did the worst possible thing a vampire can do. 
I turned off my humanity, and when I thought I couldn't do anything else, I got you to turn off yours. And he says, well, I forgive you, queen. He said, that's all good. She says, well, that's the point, Stefan. The old Caroline wouldn't have forgiven me. She would have smacked me and said, what the hell are you doing? I hate the way this has made me feel. And this is interesting, too, because this is something Caroline's been fighting with, even like pre-Klaus hookup. She was like, the old Caroline would be so judgmental of this, this, and that. Because Caroline has been, in the past, judgmental. <clears throat> and she learned from hooking up with Klaus that like people are more complex than she gives them credit for. And like mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes you can't control everything. But that lesson hasn't really sunk in. Stefan says, yeah, you hate the way this makes you feel because you're a control freak who's lost control. He read her to filth. People are gagging each other left and right this week. People are saying shit. One thing about, and Stefan, he's gagging, gagging, gagging. He's hard at work at the gag factory. He sure is. Stefan says, I feel the same way when I'm around you. That's what falling for somebody is. It's being vulnerable. It's giving up control. And she says, oh, I hate that. I hate that a lot. He holds your hand again because he said, please. <laughs> please, my queen. Please, my queen. I, you have never done anything wrong in your entire life. <laughs> she says, I know. But where I'm at right now in my life with the guilt, the grief, control is all I have. And I don't think I can give that up. She goes. And I say, no. I go into my room. I slam my door. I listen to liability. I can't do this anymore. I've been waiting so patiently. Can't you just fucking date? See, me in this scene, I'm like, that's fair. I'm like, she's right. I mean, listen, I get why she's doing this. Mm-hmm. Stefan has learned this lesson because Stefan has felt this same way. Mm-hmm. Caroline still has to learn this lesson that she has to give up control. She has to take a risk. When I think she was scared to take a risk because she didn't know how he'd react. And then she got the answer she didn't want. And then she turned off her humanity and completely lost control. And so now she's like, I have to cling to some sort of control. And like, even you being like this open with me isn't enough for my, because I just need something to grip onto to like hold myself steady, which is unfortunate. But she has to just feel comfortable opening herself up in that way. And that's hard. This is why I'm a sterile shipper. Mm-hmm. is if you look at Caroline's past relationships, even Caroline before this, mm-hmm. she's always been in control of how the relationship played out. Mm-hmm. She's always been like kind of in charge of the relationship. You look at her relationships with Matt and Tyler, they're not taking any risks for her. She's not losing control with them. She gets hurt, certainly. But those relationships aren't making her grow in any significant way. Yeah, she's helping them grow and being, you know, a support system for them, but they're not pushing her. Yeah. I think Klaus's issue is he viewed her as so perfect already. He's like, there's nothing to change, Queen. I- I'm not touching this. You you nailed it already. 10 out of 10. No notes. <laughs> and I do think that Claroline, as it stood before, as we knew it, it didn't offer the kind of long-term prosperity that a relationship needs to offer for Caroline. Mm-hmm. I think if she were to successfully learn the lesson she's that Stefan is trying to help her learn, she would be ready for Claroline Endgame. I don't know if all the pieces will fall into place for that. But for now, Steroline is the best relationship for her. I think Matt and Tyler, stinkers. They didn't do anything for her. She yeah. just made them better. 
Klaus, I think, was a step in the right direction because it was someone who it wasn't like, oh, you can save me. It was like, you're an amazing person. If you can care about me, anyone can care about me, whatever. He had his own mm-hmm. shit going on. He had some lessons to learn himself as well. Even Absolutely. in a thousand years, he didn't fucking learn a, shit, a thing. But I think Stefan is a step up from that too because he has learned heartbreak, learned how to be himself in relationships, be open in relationships. He learned a lot of that from Elena. Elena set him up good. Yeah. Because one thing about her, she knows how to pull stuff out of people. <laughs> yeah. And I think between Matt, Tyler, and Klaus with Caroline, they all put Caroline on some type of pedestal, mm-hmm. which is not healthy for a long-term relationship. Stefan does not put Caroline on a pedestal. And I think, ironically enough, her turning off her humanity and making all these mistakes is better for their relationship because it allowed her to let go of some of that control. Now she yeah. has to deal with the repercussions and she's not quite ready to do that yet humanity on. Yeah. But I think she's always, when she was on that pedestal, she was always scared of falling off of it. Yes. And now she's already like kind already of fallen. fallen off it. Like the scariest part is over. But yeah. you just have to now admit that you've fallen off and that it's okay. Yeah. Staline ship until the end. I I support them. We go into the venue. Elena is in there by herself looking at the altar. And Damon comes in. And she says, hi. Did you have a fun day? <laughs> hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> but wouldn't you be sad if I was? <laughs> now, doesn't it feel like you kind of know how you would feel like if I was? Was that heard? Damon says, isn't a bridesmaid's dress supposed to make you look like a freak of nature? And Elena says, Joe went easy on me. And she says, I talked to Stefan. And he says, he did not go easy on me. Apparently, that's your fault. His argument was pretty convincing. I had made up my mind. But then... We flash back to right after Damon popped the kid's soccer ball. <laughs> and the kid says, you ruined my ball. And Damon says, you're lucky I didn't ruin your face. Gagged him. Real, real meeting of the minds here. <laughs> yeah. Damon compels the kid and says, go inside, get the car keys from your mommy. I'm going to a wedding. And I love this little boy. He got compelled, but he still rolls his eyes while he does it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a spirit. <laughs> yeah. Then as the kid runs in to get a car, Damon looks you know, at the next house over. An old classic car pulls up. I think it is a Mustang, much like his, but dark green. And then Damon says, oh, on second thought, because he likes the car. But then he notices in the car is an old couple. This will get you every fucking time. <laughs> okay. I would not be surprised if Stefan sent them in. Yeah. The man goes and opens the door for the woman and says, don't forget the, and she says, the leftovers. I know you told me three times, 40 years old. And every time, did you remember the leftovers? Like I'm getting senile or something. Uh, he touches her butt and she says, oh, and then she laughs, they kiss and they go inside. And Damon is just like me for real. You see one old couple in love and you're like, you know what? Maybe this life shit ain't so bad. Yeah. You know what? Maybe love is real after all. And, I, and I'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back over to the venue. Damon smiles, thinking of the one couple he saw in love. And he said, that's enough. They got inside and they were like, and I hate your ass. <laughs> but he didn't see it they go inside and they say anyway did you sign the divorce papers <laughs> at the venue Damon smiles and he says I'm taking it I've been a vampire a long time Elena it's been a blast but I would give it up in a second to be your husband your partner the father of your kids and she says you can't take it just for me and he says you know that's what you and Stefan keep saying but you're wrong I actually totally can do that He's like, I don't know why you're saying I can't. I realize I just have to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I can take it for us, okay? Because even if it doesn't work, 
even if it all goes to hell, even if I'm miserable and alone, the smallest chance at the perfect life with you is infinitely better than an immortal one without you. And I know this, Elena. I love you and I will love you till I take my last breath on this earth. And they kiss. And much as I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would you act like this? You, I mean, he's in love. It is It is a beautiful Delena scene as much as I'm like, y'all didn't have to do all this. They didn't, but I love that they love each other enough to do it all. A little bit later, the sun has set. Caroline is with Joe in the like bridal suite and she's on the phone leaving a voicemail for Elena. She says, where the hell are you? Bonnie and Matt are already MIA and now you and Damon? What is wrong with you? This is a wedding. This is supposed to be Joe's magical night and you are ruining it. We're starting without you. Literally, like... Joe clearly has no friends. The least y'all can do is be on time. I know Kai was getting impatient as shit. Just standing there in Visiquade. Yeah, just looking at everybody walking. He's like, when does this shit start? He said, where the fuck is my sister? (laughs) All the love in the world, I understand why this doesn't move the needle. But we should all be a little bit more suspicious of the fact that Bonnie and Matt are MIA. Bonnie particularly, but I get it. Joe laughs. And Caroline says, this isn't funny. And Joe says, it's kind of funny. Is it funny having no friends? Not funny to me, but... It wouldn't be funny if it were me. Stefan comes in and says, look, I don't want to tell you how to run your wedding, but... I know people were complaining to him a lot for him to come up and say that. Yeah, he said, how am I the guy who's getting complaints? (laughs) Caroline says, we are not waiting anymore. Tell them to cue the music. We go over to Sunburn. Damon and Elena are having sex in hay at this hour. Is it necessary? If y'all are going to be human, it, you're going to die of a fucking like infection from rolling around in poop. It's just foolish. Damon uses his vampire hearing to hear the wedding music. And he says, oh, I think it's starting. And Elena says, what? No, what time is it? She sees all her missed calls from Caroline and says, oh, my God, no, we're so late. And I think the time on the phone says like 743. So who knows if it was supposed to start at 7 or 730. It's awful late to start the ceremony regardless, but that's Joe's call. Yeah, since y'all have been here since the sun was out. Yeah. Again, 10 hours was way too long between the start of the day and the wedding ceremony. Too many plans are afoot. Exactly. Damon says, well, you're the one that couldn't keep your paws off me. And she says, Damon, put your tux back on. And he says, I am, I am. And then he laughs like Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) He says, eh. We go over to the venue. Elena and Damon run in, and Caroline says, well, I hope it was worth it. And Damon says, actually, and she says, okay, gross. Caroline says, I didn't ask if it was. I didn't (laughs) need any information. Get the fucking line. And she says, have you seen Bonnie or Matt? And Elena says, they're not here yet. And Caroline says, just go. So Elena and Damon walk down the aisle because they're the only members of either bridal party. We take a quick look over at the Salvatore dungeon. Matt comes to, and so does Bonnie. And we see Bonnie's blood is on the floor. Like her hand was cut open. Yeah. Well, there's blood next to her. We assume it's her blood. It's unclear 100% where it came from, but I was assuming it's Bonnie's blood in some way. I think we can safely assume that. She comes too, but she's weak. And she says, it was, but it cuts off. At the venue, Elena and Damon join Rick at the altar. And Rick says to Damon, like, so? And Damon says, looks like I'm joining the human club. Big night for both of us. And Rick says, okay, well, don't make it about you. It's my wedding. Rick says, like, well, it's a bigger night for me. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Rick says, I'm proud of you. Damon says, you too, buddy. And then Joe starts coming down the aisle with Joshua. Rick is smiling. They're playing some kind of, it's almost spooky, this song. (laughs) It's not the best choice of music. This was definitely an alert pick. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been Joe. I'm Because he would pick something where the vibe's just a little off. 
As would Joe. That's true. There's a reverend. We don't know who this woman is. She's leading the wedding. Uh, Maybe a Gemini. Who knows? So she says, welcome family and friends on this magical evening to the wedding of Alaric Saltzman and Josette Laughlin. She says, Josette and Alaric have prepared their own vows. We take a break over to somewhere where there's a bunch of storage containers. Mm -hmm. Lily walks up with Enzo and Lily says, oh, this can't be it. No one's here. And Enzo says, perhaps your companions gave you the wrong address. And Lily says, they're not the ones who gave me the address. And Enzo says, then who did? Who do you think gave her the address? Kai or whoever Gemini is helping with this. Kai is the easy one, but I think there could potentially be another Gemini helping out here. That like Kai's not working alone. Yeah. You know, how they find the loophole, etc. Sure. We go back to the wedding. Rick reads his vows. He says, neither one of us should be here right now. Why are you tempting the universe like this? The way these vows jinx it so fucking bad. Like, I know Kai was giggle giggling while he's over in Visiquade. Kai was like, damn, he's like asking me to do this. He's setting me up. You teach occult studies, aren't you a little superstitious? And also, you know, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but could no one have Invisiquade this fucking venue? You would think the Geminis fucking would because, well, maybe none of them know she's pregnant. I bet they kept that one a secret. Yeah, I don't think they know she's pregnant. but And I guess they assume that Kai's in the prison world and safe, so they guess they don't have to do that, but still. Because I was going to say if they knew she was pregnant, they would feel the pressure of, you know, a new Gemini leader would protect her. But I bet she kept it a secret for that exact reason, that they would let her live her life. So interesting how things work. So Lurk says, we've spent our lives dodging fate. And I fear it's catching up to us. (laughs) Beating the odds. But because we did, I got to meet you. The most beautiful, hilarious, and intimidatingly brilliant woman I have ever known. You inspire me. You've shown me that happiness is actually something that I can have in my life. And so I promise to be with you and love you and to dodge fate with you for the rest of our lives. Damon and Elena are making eyes at each other this whole time. They're like, this is about us. Joe smiles and cries. Everyone is happy. And the reverend says, oh, Josette, your turn. And she says, oh, God, that's a tough act to follow. Okay, here goes. Joe starts reading her vows. She says, Alaric Saltzman, you are. And then there's like a knife sound. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? I love, I did not let her get any compliments out. He says she can say your name. Yeah, he wanted this to be deeply traumatizing for Alaric. Yeah. Uh, We'll see if he got away with that. (laughs) Seems like he did. (laughs) So we hear like knife sounds and everyone's like, what's that? And Joe is like groaning and we can see blood start to appear in like Joe's abdomen. Mm -hmm. And Rick says, Joe, what is it? And she screams in pain and falls to the ground. Rick catches her body and then Kai appears. He was stabbing her while in Visiquid. Mm -hmm. And Kai says, I was going to wait till the death do us part bit, but it seemed a little on the nose. He turns to the audience and says, am I right? And the whole Gemini coven is like, oh, fuck this, man. (laughs) yeah but none of them get out they're all kind of in shock he does some kind of spell that's a high-pitched sound it affects everyone supernaturals and humans alike Mm -hmm. they're all screaming and he says miss me no oh well and then he holds up the knife and does a spell that like explodes all the windows Mm -hmm. sends people flying particularly we see elena flying and landing and looking at the very least unconscious yeah it looks like she hits her head a little bit yeah And that is where we end the episode. Mm -hmm. So what's up here? Is Joe dead? Is Elena dead? What's Kai here to do? And what's the next, you know, couple minutes look like here? Yeah, I don't think 
Elena's dead and I don't think Joe's dead. I do think this does open up the possibility that maybe only one baby does come out because I only know one baby's name. So that I was thinking about that when I only knew one name. I'm like, it's crazy. I didn't know another name. So maybe this got rid of one baby and he's trying to stop the, you know, he doesn't want a twin coming out anytime soon. He wants as much time being the leader of the coven as possible. Yeah. But you think both Elena and Joe are going to be okay? Yeah. Okay. You know, I think we could have the possibility that Joe dies and the baby lives, but that would be pretty rude. In, what do you mean? Like to alert, like another girlfriend dies. I mean, it would be tough for the baby to live if Joe died because she's not even really showing. It's not like a Gale situation. Yeah, that is true. So yeah, she's definitely alive. Okay. Do you think anyone is going to die? Or like, is Kai here to kill people? Or is he just here to like throw people around a little bit? Like what's his what's his deal here? Oh, I think his plan is to kill some people. But I think a lot of that Aya will be focused on the Gemini Coven particularly. I mean, I think Joshua and Liv are certainly in danger. Joshua more so than Liv. I think we've got a number of other Gemini members that he will be, you know, stabby stabbing. Like I think the main casualties will be Gemini members for sure. Sure. I mean, I think other people will be hurt, but I think, you know, people will be keeping Elena safe to be sure. Sure. And I do think there's a possibility, you know, we heard the drop of the full moon from Tyler, celestial event to get the rest of the people out. Maybe only Kai is out right now and they need the full moon to get the heretics out. But also maybe Tyler has to defend some people or defend Liv because why else bring her back? And then it's werewolf time, baby. Oh, interesting. And if he turns like that, like if he kills someone, he could potentially turn like immediately, not have time to chain up because it's, you know, it's a full moon, uh, which is a dangerous game when there are vampires around. Absolutely. Which I guess that could be, I wonder if you have a, a werewolf bite and then you take the cure, does that cancel out the werewolf bite killing a vampire? I think... I think we're meant to believe, yes, that if you have a werewolf bite and then you're cured, that fixes it. Because we've talked about the cure in the past as like they wanted to use it on Elena at the very least to get like her humanity back. So Mm -hmm. I think we can believe that like the cure would cancel something like that out or it would be like a cut. It would be like a bite still, but the werewolf venom wouldn't kill a human the same way. Yeah, because it wouldn't be poisonous to you. I'm just thinking that's a possibility for Damon particularly. That he gets a werewolf bite and then he has to put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And take the cure. Yeah, because no one's calling Klaus anymore. We've done enough of that. He's busy. Yeah. He's down in New Orleans. And they're pushing Sterling to her. They're not bringing him back. Yeah, now is not <laughs> the time. Now is not the time to reignite the Claroline girlies. Well, I think, you know, Bonnie will be making her way over here. I don't know what the fuck help Matt's going to be, but I'm sure he'll make his way there. But I do think, I, I don't think Kai is out to kill Bonnie by any means Mm -hmm. because I do think he still wants her to like come around on him I think this is mainly revenge on the coven sure you talked about this a little bit but I do want to get back to it are the heretics out what is their plan are they you know in cahoots with Kai are they teaming up with him or do they really just want to be out to be back with Lily like what's what's up with the heretics I'm back and forth on if they're out already but if they're not out they'll be out like very shortly sure You know, I think they're probably looking for revenge on the Gemini Coven. They were put in there and they were treated like abominations, much like Kai. And I think Kai is very good at manipulation and has probably stirred up 
some feelings for them and stirred up some anger to get at the coven as well. I'm also back and forth on Lily a bit because I do, I do think she leans the evil side, but I think there's this possibility, you know, she has made this point of how she stopped being a ripper when she was with her family. Now, yes, she was in the prison world and blood was limited. So she didn't have a ton of choice, but I do think we have to raise the possibility that she's under a bit of a spell with them. Oh, interesting. And like makes her defend them and protect them so aggressively. And like, I don't know how helpful that is, but I just have to raise it because yeah. she just seems so hyper-focused on it, which I get why she would be, but there may be, or even that she's aware of it and there's some magic way they stopped her from being a ripper and they can't do it if they're not there. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, why not? So I think they'll be out shortly. I think they'll come to join this. Although anyone who like really put them in the prison world is dead, but I think they'll be pissed about that. For sure. I do want to say, this is just a little fun thing. We know there are six heretics. Mm-hmm. I love to make you guess people's names. Oh, good. Okay. And you can guess as many. I mean, we've seen the breakdown of men and women before. I'm just going to do three men, three women, because I didn't see the breakdown. I think that's the breakdown we saw. It was at the end of last episode, you know, when Kai calls them all in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the breakdown we saw. But let's say, But let's just do three men, three women names. One name came to my head so fast i'm not gonna say that means it's right but it just hit me like a truck and that's claudius okay (laughs) sure why not yeah it could be i mean 1903 you have to think about that this is the thing i'm not a history person pre-1970 they're all old-timey names to me i couldn't tell you where they fell in the mix so keep that in mind as i guess these names uh let's do other men first harold Okay. That might sound too close to heretic. Maybe that's where I'm getting that. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. I'm trying to think of that. So we have in the Gemini Coven, Luke, Liv, Joshua, Josette, Kai. If we want to get technical, Lucas, Olivia, Joshua, Josette, and Malachi. Okay. But yes. I was thinking those are all JLK. Maybe they're going in alphabetical. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, let's throw Atticus. Because I like the name Atticus. So Atticus, Claudius, and Harold. Those are the three men. <laughs> yeah, those are the three I men. guess. <laughs> when you say them all together, they sound stupid. Atticus, Claudius, and Harold. Okay, what are the women's names? Rose. I know that's just another flower name, but... We already had a rose on this show, though. Did we? Oh, shoot. Rose. Cut, cut that one. <laughs> Strike that. <laughs> okay, that one doesn't count. Anne. That's boring, but I'm going to go with it. No, fine. <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> You're laughing at me. <laughs> and, and literally, Anne is just because there's an Anne Rice book on my bookshelf. Like I'm. Sure. Hey, you know what? There, are, there are worse reasons to guess. Uh, suddenly, I'm like, I wish I had watched The Gilded Age. I, I could have just picked their names. You can go on the IMDb for The Gilded Age and pick their names. Let's look at their names. Why not? Just give me ideas. Well, let me just actually let me search Gilded Age names. Oh, Gilded Age baby names that are pure vintage elegance. Okay. Okay. Oh, Silas is on here. That's funny. <laughs> this is not helpful. None of my guesses for men are on the Gilded Age list, by the way. That's okay. Okay, let's uh, stick with letters. So I have Anne. What is Charlotte? Let's say Charlotte. Sure. I'm just going to match the letters up. And so another H name. Honoria. Haha. <laughs> There's like a vibe of name that I'm trying to find in my head. Let's okay. Let's pick one more. Let's just pull it out of nowhere. Ophelia. 
Ophelia. Okay, so I have Anne, Charlotte, Ophelia, Atticus, Claudius, Harold. We'll see if you hit any of them. If I get one, I'll be thrilled. (laughs) Do you have any predictions about the heretics? Will we get to know them on a personal level? Will we spend any time with them? Or are they just kind of going to come and run away? What do you think is going to happen there? I do think it'll last beyond this season finale. I think they'll kind of continue to be an issue just because there's a lot of them. And I would hope that they learned from the travelers to give these people like some personalities and some motivations that make any sense. Yeah, that would be ideal. I'm a little concerned about it since it's it kind of, I mean, the way they all sit up at the same time, it's kind of giving travelers. Sure. So I'm hoping that we get to know them a little bit, get to know their relationships with each other, get to learn a little bit more about like, you know, the Gemini and how the Gemini came up with prison worlds. This may be a little too lore heavy. Because again, it's the season finale. We Like this could be done in one episode in theory. Yeah. And I also don't think we'll necessarily go into next season focusing too heavily on Gemini lore because we focused really heavily on it this season. Yeah. But I think there is maybe a possibility to get into this mix of supernatural creatures, I guess, that you can be. This like witch vampire this cure maybe we get into kind of this loophole side of things a little more aggressively and that's kind of where this is leading us sure that brings us to the end of this week's episode as always if you are enjoying the vampire diaries and or doppelgangers please tell your friends or give us five stars rating review on apple and spotify podcast and follow us on instagram at doppelgangers podcast but that's it for this week until next week goodbye brother goodbye brother (laughs) 